Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including Lafayette and Lake Charles, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum at b1bank.com. Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette. From Pete's Family Sports Grill in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Professor of Finance and Director of the award-winning Birkin Road Reports, Peter Raschuti. It's business, Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch Acadiana. If you grew up in an average home or you're growing up in an average home today, business can seem like something very foreign, something that people who wear suits do, something that requires going to business school. And that means spending your life in a boring office, going to meetings and being that obnoxious person at the airport, obsessively pounding away at a laptop. If that's what you think going into business means, my guests on today's show are going to open up a whole new world for you. Lisa Crane taught herself to ice cakes by watching the Food Network. This was even before YouTube. Lisa worked in a bakery in Echo, Louisiana, moved to Pineville, and finally to Ville Platte, where in 2015 she opened her own business, the Uptown Cake Company. Business is booming, and the shop is already expanding. Lisa Crane, welcome out to lunch. Well, thank you for having me. It is good to have you. Now, Chad Monso is a fireman in Crowley, Louisiana. Crowley, as you probably know, is the rice capital of the world. And when he's not putting out fires, Chad is the vice chairman of Crowley's International Rice Festival. If you've never been to the festival, it's not like organizing a middle school bake sale. It's more like putting on Lollapalooza. The festival costs nearly a million dollars to stage. And in a town of 13,000 people, the festival attracts 300,000 visitors. Chad Monso, welcome out to lunch. Thanks for having me. Now, now, our next guest is Troy Primo, who almost everyone in town calls Primo. He's a musician, a music producer, and an ecologist with a degree in sustainable agriculture. Ten years ago, Primo started growing peppers. Today, he grows over 70 varieties of peppers, including what is measurably the hottest pepper in the world. And Primo's wife, Cara, uses Primo's peppers in her popular line of products, the Farmer's Daughter Pepper Jellies. Troy, Primo, Primo, welcome out to lunch. Thanks for having me. <laughs> now, Lisa, as far as I know, you are the only bakery in Ville Platte. So in one sense... It would seem like a good move to open a bakery in a location like that in, a, in the sense that you have the market all to yourself. But on the other hand, before you open the bakery, were you worried that maybe there's a reason there's no bakery in Ville Plata, that maybe it's just a town where people don't buy cakes? Well, that's certainly a legitimate question there <laughs> because we did have that. There was a bakery a long time ago. It was called Ray's Bakery. They closed down a long time ago, but I wasn't from there, so I, re I had found out that it was for health reasons. Um, there is another... Not the health of the, ca no. the cakes. The no. The yeah, not owner. the health okay, of the cakes. Yeah. No, just it, was the, it was the store owners. <laughs> they, they had health issues, and they just couldn't do it anymore. Um, there is a grocery store there, but it's not an act. You know, they do bake things there, and they but do have a that. cake department, but as, a, as an actual bakery, standalone bakery, there was none. So... Wow. 
you know, with that said, we were it was kind of scary to do it as a standalone like that in a, such a small town with the demographic being like it was. Because with premium ingredients, premium prices go along with it. Oh, yeah. And so you've got we, about, what, 10,000 people or so? Uh, give or take. Okay. You know, it's, it's you know, you, you can't really count all the outlying areas between Vigerine and Mamu and Eunice. They all come there. Um, so it's it's all kind of a melting pot of the surrounding areas as well. And now I, I have people that come from a long ways away too to as well, but the locals. Now, Chad, I imagine there's not too much overlap between being a fireman, even a fire chief, and running a multi-day million-dollar festival. Crowley turns on this extravaganza every year with only one full-time employee. Everyone else is, like you, a volunteer. Uh, it's been going on and getting bigger and bigger since 1937. How does this work? Are the skills required to host the festival uh, handed down from generation to generation of Crowley families? Uh, I guess you could say it is handed down, um, you know, because... And, and I'm fairly new to the to the festival. Um, I've been volunteering for probably about uh, uh, eight or ten years now. Okay. Um, and believe it or not, that's that's a that's a new volunteer. We've got some um, we've got some super super volunteers that uh, that have been with the festival for many many years, and and their their asset they're, they're just such a great asset to yeah. the festival. You know. Uh, like you mentioned, it's uh, nearly a million dollars to put this festival on. Um, and we have uh, nearly 200 volunteers that help out over the three-day festival. Now, obviously, it takes more than three days to get this festival going. Um, you know, there's, there's preparation. We're, we're preparing for the festival today, you know. So it's, it's ongoing throughout the year to, to get ready for the next year's festival. But... Um, it is, uh, it, is, it is something that, um, that is uh, kind of an honor to help out with the Rice Festival. Oh, um, you know, when you're growing up and, and your parents bring you there and you watch the, the parades and, sure. and listen to the different bands that play on, on the two uh, stages and then go to the carnival and ride the rides and play the games and all of that stuff. And you grow up, when, you're, when you live in Crowley or the surrounding areas, you grow up at the festival every year in October. But I guess, I guess it also, uh, it's got to bring in a ton of sales tax and things like that, right? Yes, sir. It, you know, the, the hotels and motels throughout the parish and even here into Lafayette um, are filled up. Um, we've got people that come from out of state. Um, we've even got people that come from out of the country, obviously. You know, the 300,000 people over the three days that show up there um, obviously, they, they have to come from somewhere. Um, they don't just walk down the street right. from their home in Crowley because, you know, we just have just over 13,000 <laughs> people small starter kit, yes. Correct. Um, but we have a great support group, and uh, it's a, I mean, maybe I'm a little, I'm a little biased here, but it is the best <laughs> festival you'll ever attend. Now, Primo, hey. I can understand that as a musician and even possibly as an ecologist, it would be wise to supplement your income with some other sideline. But, right. it, but, it, but it wasn't until you were growing more peppers than you could eat that your wife started using them to make pepper jelly, which has been, of course, been turned into a business. What was the plan when you started out growing peppers? It Hobby? was really just something, um, you know, I'd played rock and roll for years and toured the country, so 
You well, can't very what well. What did you play, by the way? We, oh, we a drummer? Or? I was a guitarist. Oh, guitarist. I still right. am. Um, There's a band called Santeria, Santeria, and uh, we did like southern rock and roll, psychedelic southern rock and roll. <laughs> and uh, when it got to where I met a good girl, you couldn't yeah. stay in the, the clubs till four in the morning. Well. Yo, I've been reading about that. They right. don't like that. No. no. <laughs> so what's, you know, what's rock and roll other than hot peppers in your backyard? <laughs> so it kind of preoccupied my time. <laughs> And uh, it took off. It took on its, you know, its own life. And she just got sick of uh, seeing all these varieties that I'd sourced from different friends in the chili cult, you know, as I call it. Oh, Can really? You, so there is oh, such man. a thing. It, Matt, I it, bet It's there an is. obsession, you know, uh, with these people. And, you know, what happened is she made these great products. And now it's like, you know, okay, let's get them out there. <laughs> now, your products are, uh, like, you were into the slow food movement before Absolutely. it became so popular. And you're... Uh, peppers are all organic. Uh, you've got Correct. your own farm, is Correct. it? Correct. Well, you know, we've got to, you know, get in there. Yep. You know, not, I wouldn't say it's acres and acres of peppers, but that's the dream. That's the goal. <laughs> um, in Louisiana at one time, um, there was, you know, acres of peppers, you know. And, yeah. and a lot of it's outsourced to South America now. I'd love to bring that back. Um, you think you know, it tastes better when it's local, when it wasn't shipped yeah, all across the world? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, you don't have to add all the salt and you don't have to, oh, you know, th- as preservative, right? Oh, to get them wow! Here. And um, it's just a better product. And we believe in the local community, and uh, it's a good. I mean, we're in the the peppers UL's mascot. You know, I was gonna local. say that's uh, that's. I mean, <laughs> so <laughs> not only did deal. we both graduate there, we work there. It's oh. a, you know, it's hand in glove. So. <laughs> now, do you make your own peppers? In other words, is there like. You, well, like hybrids you, you create? Know, I, I did create a pepper while I was in school. Um, I was in nursing, and I switched at some point. I switched my uh, major to horticulture, to sustainable ag. You know, at the time, that was like oh, a bad business move, right? You know, no, so no. Medicinal peppers, I completely understand <laughs> what exactly. happened here. <laughs> but but in, in the long run, it paid off because that was my passion. And with a little luck and a little know-how and a lot of passion, I created this this pepper, which was sourced from Bangladesh and Trinidad. Um, I obtained seeds from a professor friend and and the the ghost, uh, if everybody hears about ghost chilies. Yes, (laughs) what? I grew that, like, way before anybody had it around here. Um, Well, I got to ask you this. When you measure heat, I've been doing a little bit of research here. They keep talking about, like, some sort of Scoville index. Scoville, What is this about? Well, you know, Wilbur Scoville, you got SHU units, and it's, it's... Used to be, uh, they test it by um, diluting water with with chili, with capsaicin, until the the person can no longer taste it or taste it. (laughs) And that was, you know, a very crude way of of, uh, testing. And the late Dr. Scoville had to. Right. (laughs) Like, he had a lot of participants, uh, you know, punished, I'm sure. um, They do it now chemically called HPLC uh, testing. And um, my pepper tested at about 1.5 million. Scovilles. So a jalapeno is 5,000 on average. Really? So 300 times oh, wow. the heat of a jalapeno. I wish is they could see my face right now. If I could sweat, I would sweat. Try some of the oh. sauce right here. <laughs> if I could sweat, I would be sweating just talking that about it. Is, um, do you, in fact, have the hottest pepper in the world? The guy that has the Guinness Book of World Record for the hottest pepper, there's some controversy there. You can read up on it. It's called the, uh, the Reaper. Um, arguably looks just like my pepper, oh. and there's, there's a little bit of, you just have to do the research on it. I'll leave it at that. But um, 
I was doing this in 2005, and he came around 2012. Oh. And um, investment banker. Nice guy, but, you know. Investment banker, nice guy. Yeah, you know. That's <laughs> that's <laughs> I just, I hear, I hear things, so, you know. Wow. Just, they, but, uh, uh, it's but you, in turn, do own the secret recipe for Coca-Cola, which I do. is great. I think I that's do. Uh, I so do. many. Uh, <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, um, there's a lot of people around the, um, the country making products for my pepper. Except, you know, I don't believe in patent. I don't have a patent. Yeah, right. So it's an honor in a way. But now we're monetizing it. The, the name. The name precedes the, the product. The name Primo? The Primo Pepper. Oh, you that, know, So yeah. it's kind of like now, okay, now we can do the official sauce, the official jelly, the official, you know, and there's already a market. So it's kind of a backwards way of doing business. Now, Lisa, <laughs> I've got to ask you something that has really has nothing to do with why you're here with, the, with the being a great icer and such, is you are quite a horsewoman. You are... Uh, in something that I found very esoteric, but maybe in Ville Platte it's not. It is Tournoir. Tour and tell us what that is. Well, it's uh, it's an event that is specific, specifically native to Ville Platte. Um, it's something that traditionally the men ran. Um, it was to ward off all the enemies of cotton, because you know we are, you know, we're a farming yeah. community. Um, this event was to, the men ran it, and if they had a good score at the Tournois, you would have a good crop because you were warding away the enemies of cotton. Like, darn, we just got the bull weevil. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. That's wow, right. right. <laughs> That's right. What an attempt. Now, it's it like, when I, when I saw the pictures, it seemed like, to, is it like Cajun jousting? What would you? It's descendant of, it has a lot of, of jousting aspects to it. Now, we don't knock people off of horses. Okay. But you're, it's an all, tends to be an all-male sport, and you're it the is. only female? <clears throat> I, I, I am the only one that ever qualified and actually ran the Tournois. Um, it was an unwritten rule, you know, as most historical things are, mostly unwritten rules that women just did not run. And when it, you know, like last year I asked, I was like, okay, well, I really want to do this. No, women can't run. So then whenever it was actually brought up in the meeting, they right. had to go check the bylaws, and it was just, in fact, an unwritten rule. So they had to let me run. <laughs> I thought Which it was that ruffled some feathers. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw your, your horse parked out in front of the bar here. And I oh, well, that you know, was it, odd, it was kind of hard trying to find somewhere to tie her up. <laughs> <laughs> she likes to wander. But, Chad, <laughs> let me ask you, where does that million dollars come from to run your festival? Well, that's the... Uh, that's the the greatest part of, of our festival, uh, in, in my opinion, um, you know, we have a free festival. We have no gates, no fences. Um, we are on the streets of Crowley. <laughs> the majority of our funds that we get to operate the festival are from donations, private donations. Um, we get sponsorships from many, many different people. Um, businesses, yep. uh, in individuals who who have a history with the festival, um, and they and they want to to donate to the festival, um, but all of our money comes from private funds, uh, private donations that uh, that are, are donated to the festival. We incorporated uh, something a little while back, uh, a few years back, and the festival um, has adult beverage booths. Um, we have beer booths. Even I and know. <laughs> yeah. And, and you that run a bar, so you know also this. Correct. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That also helps us to raise money for the entertainment. You know, you know we, we, we pay up sometimes for the, for the big acts that we have uh, each year, uh, upwards to 30000 35000 for a band. 
Now, the smaller bands or, or the more local bands yep. aren't obviously aren't that much. But, you know, we 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 spend somewhere between uh, seventy and eighty thousand uh, dollars, close to a hundred thousand dollars on just entertainment, just bands. Wow. You know, and then we, you know, the floats that they see in the in the parades, we have to we pay for those, and you know, it costs the festival for those um, permits and things yeah. of that sort. Um, so, you know, without even even more important and and special than our volunteers is our contributors, those who who actually yeah. donate to the festival. Because if 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 our sponsors wouldn't wouldn't provide the funds for the festival then we wouldn't need any volunteers um it's <laughs> true but yeah. uh yeah it's all it's all donations you know what y'all have in common here you all have kind of a like a sidelight you know which is uh very very common in this region like you lisa you have your own radio show right we do um is it an all icing show is it? Uh, no <laughs> no, <laughs> no. i kind of get it i have to have that break you know you have the you know i love do what i love doing what i do but I love having that interaction with the public. Um, Stephanie Ware actually is, I'm, on, I'm a guest on her show. And it's, it's kind of evolved into our, it was Women on Wednesday, so it's kind of evolved oh. into our own little thing every Wednesday. So it's from 9 to 12, and we just, we have fun. It's kind of, you know, banner back and forth. Do you and drink like that Hoda Copy show? Where uh, oh, no, no. We, okay, you know, we can, only, we can only kind of wish. <laughs> 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 we can only wish. Well, now, no. where does that air, by the way? That's on 92.5 KVPI, and, and it's in Bill Platt. So it stays right probably It is that. actually a mile and a half away from my shop. Oh. The radio station is a mile and a half away from my shop. Hometown. Great group of people run that station. Lisa, it's you're not awesome. from Villepot. You're taking the town over. I know. This is very good. World domination starts that, at Villepot. That's right. Villepot. Yeah. I'm, I've invaded. <laughs> <laughs> now it's the time we do the checklist. A little part of the show where we take a break and ask you a quick question that you probably wouldn't find on a loan application. Now, Primo, I'm going to start with you. All right. Uh, maybe it sounds like a odd thing to ask, but what's the worst decision you've ever made? <laughs> worst decision. That's a rough one because, you know, I think... Everything in life leads you to where you are now, and um, you know you shouldn't have regrets. I guess at the time when I, when I switched from uh, nursing, I had two semesters left and a 3.8 GPA, <laughs> and uh, got in the pepper world. And um, it's looking like that was the right decision. But so, kind of tough because you were pretty far down that road. Absolutely. I mean, family were looking at me like, how could you do this? <laughs> <You know? laughs> my, my fiance was like, oh, my God. You know? <laughs> what did you do? What did you do? But you know, Just every, look at you now. You no, have to respect yeah. the profession. And um, Is that fiance the beautiful wife you brought today? Totally beautiful. Oh, so nobody just Incredible. left you when you changed majors. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, I thought this is where this is going. No, <laughs> it, it worked out. Oh, so wow. It worked now, out. now, Chad... Um, Let's see, I, I always call this the walk-up music, like in a baseball game, what mm. the music that plays when the batter's coming up. What, what, would, what would be your, your theme song, I guess they'd call it? <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, I'm, uh, as you mentioned earlier, I'm a firefighter. Yeah. Uh, I've been a, a firefighter for uh, 21, going on 22 years now. Um, started out as a volunteer six years, and then uh, I got on full-time with the Crowley Fire Department, and I'm working on my 16th year now. So um, I absolutely love being a firefighter and that that is uh that's my life um and there's a there's a song by george Strait that uh says uh the fireman 
So uh, I would have to say that would be Whoa. my theme song, you know. Do you think cool. he wrote it for you? I think he wrote it for <laughs> me. That's yeah. I, uh, I mean, you know, he knew I was coming up to be a firefighter, and that, that was, uh, <laughs> he said, this is for Chad. You know? <laughs> this one's going They play that Chad. in my bar sometimes and, and tell me that uh, it's for me. So uh, I, I believe it's for I, me. I, I think you've got it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's real country. He is. He's oh, yeah. Right yeah. That's, yeah, the, that's the, the real that. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's... Yeah. <laughs> I like the, the real now, stuff. Absolutely. Lisa, um, you've got so much going on, and sometimes things don't go the way you plan. What's your strategy for coping when things go wrong? Well, you know, as, as Primo just said, you know, everything in life leads you to where you need to go. That was a very good quote. Um, when things go wrong, as they do a lot, I mean, it's when you're in retail like that, there's always something that's going to go wrong. You just have to drawback you have to believe that it happens for a reason and if that reason is because you failed you need to make yourself better if you don't make yourself better how are you going to go forward so that little mistake or even if it's a big mistake that mistake happened to make you a better person to make your business better to make your clientele better anything like that you just have to believe that that mistake happened for a reason and don't do it again well, I was going to ask you, Lisa, and I think I have to ask Chad, too, with the, the downturn in the oil field, uh, you, you seeing, do people order less expensive cakes? Not and really. That wouldn't be something you'd cut back and on, And, you right? know, it's, it doesn't seem to be because I am booked. But I mean, you're the I'm not only seen, baker in there. Well, I'm the only one that does that level in the town, yes. I'm so, but what, um, in your own shop, I mean, everybody, this is kind of the curse of the business world. Everybody asks you, are you going to scale or get bigger? You would need another Lisa or something, right? I need like 10. <laughs> 10 Lisas, all right. As a matter of fact, I said that about five times yesterday. <laughs> Keith was asking me, he said, uh, what do you need from the store? I said, 10 of me. If they have, buy, make sure you buy all they have on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 13 of Baker's Dozen. That's what <laughs> yeah, you need. Yeah, there you, go, yeah, there you go. Chad, what about the same thing? When you're, uh, you're raising money uh, with the downturn in the oil field here, has it become a little tougher? It has. Uh, th- we 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 are noticing it this year with uh, with donations, um, with the oil field issues we're having now. You know, it's a it's a real it's a real issue here in in Louisiana. You know, oh, all yeah. of our uh, the majority of our people are in the oil field, and and, right. and those are the people that uh, that were making the money and spending the money. Um, great group of people who are yep. out of work right now and. Uh, they just don't have the money to, to spend right now. On the other hand, they've never needed a festival more than they, True. they need right now. That's, they, right. And, uh, That's right. Primo, you're pretty much finding people moving to the cheaper peppers? Or yeah. Well, you have a point. We do a lot of um, national sales, more so than local, because the hot sauce that we make is a, a boutique product. Right. And if you have a 60-cent hot sauce in the store next to an $8 hot sauce. That's right. Right, yeah. You know. It's it's it now that hot sauce is hot enough to last you a while, right? So, uh, but I have a lot of Cajun friends that are cooking with it because it's got a Cajun vibe to it. But what uh, percentage of your business comes from outside, and is it all internet? Oh, most of it, really? I'd say, yeah, like ninety percent. How do they probably. find out about you? Social media, um, website, but pretty much social media extensively because that name, that pepper that I created. You know, it's got its following, like Ford and Chevy, you know, yeah. the Reaper Primo. And um, they have, you know, fan base that out there that they'll uh, put out something they want to buy. Yeah. And now, you know, with the Jelly Line, we're, it's more the Whole Foods vibe, you know, or right. the, that kind of thing we're shooting for. A little less uh, risque, a little less rock and roll, uh, a lot less hot. 
and you more flavorful. You mentioned risque because the labels are sometimes. Well, you know, in rock. <laughs> I mean, in rock and roll. Either one. Either one. Either one. Yeah, they're, inter- really. they're interchangeable. It can apply to both. They're you interchangeable because hot sauce. You know, they've got all kind of funny labels, and we're in the quarter, and um, they explicitly wanted our. You know the more cheeky labels we've got, you know, for, for the <laughs> French Quarter, because that's what works, it's right? That's the candy. Right. It's eye candy. Yeah. I mean, you look at all the different, any, like, you go to, you know, all the bigger stores, and, you know, they have the little gift shops, and you look in there, and it's like, you're just looking, and you just have to stand, even if you're not going to buy it, right. you're still going to sit there and read all the labels, right. and it's look like, at all Helen, the, little anim- the little right. cartoons <laughs> right. on right. them. Right. <laughs> labels, um, very important, you know, we've won a lot of awards for the labels. Yeah, you were saying you're working on a new line of uh, labels right now. Three, uh, three pepper jellies, and you know, we've sold them to restaurants, and they've sold at festivals, and as fast as we can make them, they sell out, so it's wow. a good problem to have. <laughs> but, you know, get a design firm to do the labels, and... Um, and get them out there. So hopefully this year, um, folks will see them out there. I'll be a looking. All right. Well, get, we'll send y'all some. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Lisa Crane, Chad Monso, Troy Primo. I started out the show by saying that you three were going to redefine the meaning of business for people who thought that meant leading a dull and stressful life in uncomfortable clothes. <laughs> Thanks for coming through for me. <laughs> this has Thank been you. great. All three of you have inspiring stories that grow right out of the fabric of Acadiana life. Thank you for taking the time to come to Lafayette and join me on Out to Lunch. Thanks, folks. Thank you all for well, having us. Exactly. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you for having, for having us. <laughs> My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Lisa Crane, owner of the Uptown Cake Company in Ville Platte, Louisiana. Chad Monso. He's the vice chairman of the International Rice Festival in Crowley, Louisiana, and Troy Primo, owner of Primo's Peppers. You can find out more about Lisa's Cakes and Chad's Festival and Primo's Peppers by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle, and Christian is our researcher. The theme song, Encore Monsieur Nice Guy, is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. Our Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana, Zach Barker from The Opportunity Machine, and Dr. Blake Escudet. Today's show is recorded live over lunch at the newly renovated Pete's on Johnson Street in Lafayette next to Social. Pete's is a family sports bar serving an updated take on classic bar food. And Pete's stays open late, seven days a week. If you want to know what we look like, and why wouldn't you, uh, you can find photos of this show on our website and Facebook page. These photos were taken today by Gwen O'Quinn. You can get the show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites. It's Acadiana.com and krvs.org. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Calais Saloon. Wyndham Garden is pet and family friendly with free Wi-Fi. Additional support comes from ABiz Magazine and AcadianaBusiness.com, the essential information source for business decision makers throughout the one Acadiana region. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRBS 88.7 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S. Providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com And by Business First Bank. 
with locations throughout the state, including Lafayette and Lake Charles, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum at B1Bank.com. Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette.